in Town Hall tonight, folks. 60 minutes of fun and music brought to you by Ipana Toothpaste and Salopatica. Ipana for the smile of beauty. Salopatica for the smile of health. Fun with our star comedian, Fred Allen. Music by Peter Van Steeden. And our special added attraction, the Town Hall Variety. New music, new voices, new laughs. It's Town Hall tonight. <laughs> Fred Allen leads the parade to the old town hall. Fred's conducting the band with a big sword, followed by those dull blades of the boards from Archie Allen, our players. Let's join the shouting song. Everybody's going. Everybody's Here they come, elopers. Hurry up, darling. You haven't even packed your things. All I'm taking is you and my radio, sweetheart. It's town hall tonight. Detective. Yes, officer. The field. $15,000 at my jewelry. It could be worse, ladies. Suppose he took your radio. It's town hall tonight. Fortune teller. Tell me the truth, Swami. Is my husband out with another woman? Do not worry. Swami's crystal show husband home by radio, madam. It's town hall tonight. <laughs> Here we are before the old town hall, and there's Fred exchanging iambic banter with the crowd. Let's listen. This year's kisses may not taste as sweet, folks, but we didn't come to next. We're here to open up the old town hall. Step lively, please. Hi, fancy suckers. Hello there, Buster. Evening, Tuttlemouth. Hi there, Sister Nag. Step right in. You laugh, you weep, you'll fall asleep on the inside. So hurry, 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 uh, hurry. We're all set, Freddy. Oh, fine, <laughs> Harry. We're opening the show, baby talk, huh? We're opening the show with Boo Hoo. Righto, let it go, Peter. Introduction, Harry. I drove down in my pajamas and uh, arrived at the, the studio here. Good evening, ladies. <laughs> 
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Now, before the man from the Social Security office gets here to see about enrolling the jokes, I'll read you the town hall bulletin for tonight. Hard swipe, the first grocer to get into trouble with the SPCA for breaking the tusks off elephants in his animal crackers, has a special announcement. Hard says, you customers have got to quit scratching matches on the cigar counter. The cigar case has just been varnished, and Hard says, men, if the seats of your pants are so thin, you're afraid a match will raise a gibbet, <laughs> just say the word when you want to light up, and Hard will bend over and oblige. <laughs> so much for friction around the county seat. And, uh, <laughs> now for the, t- now for the town hall news. The curtain, Harry. All roots down, Fred. The, uh, the lights go out, and we bring you the latest news of the week. The town hall news sees nothing, shows all. Hollywood, California. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences makes its annual awards for best performances of the year. Town Hall News, following an Academy's footsteps, presents its annual awards to outstanding underdogs of the film industry. Tonight we pay tribute to little patrons who did big things in movie theaters during 1936. The Town Hall Award goes to Mr. Caswell Slink. Mr. Slink. Hi, public! Mr. Slink, you were the first man to refuse to go into a moving picture theater because there was a ticket outside. Right. As soon as I seen that guy picket an ice cream. Were you in sympathy with the cause? I didn't wait to read no signs, buddy. Why did you run? Two months ago, that ticket stole my wife. So? So maybe he wants to give her back. I ain't taking no chances. <laughs> a town hall award? A town <laughs> Yes, sir, the pickets are out in force this evening. <laughs> a town hall award goes to Mrs. Daphne Squat, champion seat saver in movie theaters for 1936. <laughs> Mrs. Squat. Yes, I saved 269 seats for friends last year. You have some sort of a system for seat saving, Mrs. Squat? Oh, yes. As soon as I see an empty seat, I light a candle and put it underneath. Mm-hmm. If anybody sits down, they see the seats warm. When they look around, I say, the party's coming right back. What do you, uh, what do you do if somebody sits down next to you and refuses to get up? I just lean over and say, I hope you won't mind my double pneumonia. A town, a town, a town hall award goes to Strong Arm Murphy, the first man to break one of those little bombs in a movie theater and have, and have nothing happen. Strong Arm Murphy. No cracks, folks. You uh, broke a bomb in one theater, Strong Arm? Yeah, I thrown it in the aisles and mashed it into the carpet. Wasn't there any odor? It was brutal. <laughs> and uh, nothing happened in the theater? No, nah, the audience thought it was a picture. <laughs> Town Hall Award goes to Mr. Manuel Fring, the most unusual organist to appear in a movie theater during 1936. Mr. Fring. Uh, thank you, my friend. Why are you the most unusual organist for 1936, Mr. Fring? I played the organ all year with my feet. How come? Well, in all movie theaters, the organ comes up on a hydraulic platform. They put on the brakes and the organ stops. I see. Then the organist comes up on a hydraulic stool. He's supposed to stop even with the organ. Why did? Why couldn't you play with 
with your hands. Oh, dear. The stool is stopping four feet higher than the oven, so what can I do? I play with my door. The <laughs> town hall award goes to Mrs. Hilda Wonk, the luckiest woman movie doll for 1936, Mrs. Wonk. Oh, I'm lucky, all right, folks. How lucky are you, Mrs. Wonk? Well, I left my gum under my seat one week and came back the next week. And the gum was still there? You said a mouthful, mister. The town hall award goes to Mr. Dabney Bleach. Mr. Bleach. Boo, boo, Just a minute, Mr. Bleach. You are the loudest singer in the movie theater audience there. Well, I ain't here to brag, bud. Boo, boo, Now, what is the, uh, the loudest you have ever sung, Mr. Bleach? Well, uh, Last week at the Paramount, they let down the song sheet. The song was Moonlight and Roses. Well, sir, 4,000 people started singing the lead. I give them four bars head start, and then I started my baritone. Uh, how did you come out, Mr. Blee? On uh, 43rd Street. <laughs> Town Hall Award goes to Mr. Malcolm Trent. Mr. Trent. I can take it, brother. You made the outstanding remark in a movie theater for 1936. Yeah, we sing all night. And the guy on the stage was calling out the numbers, and finally a lady shouted, Bingo! And that is when you made your outstanding remark. Right, I said, oh, heck. Uh, what did the... What did the rest of the audience say? Oh! Thank you, thank you, Mr. <laughs> Hollywood, California. As March 15th approaches, movie stars prepare to pay income taxes on fabulous salaries. Town Hall News presents candid camera shot of a well-known film star filling out forms. Uh, Gaston. Yes, madame? Bring me a double slaughterhouse steak, smothered in lamp shaft. Plenty of mashed potatoes and some custard pie. Is uh, Madame celebrating? It's getting near March the feast, Gerson. I've got to fill out the farm. <laughs> Winter, Wisconsin. Arvid Twist, 20-year-old farm youth, eats 36 slapjacks in 61 minutes to win National Slapjack Eating Championship. Town Hall News interviews new Flapjack champion to get message for youth of America, Mr. Twist. Hello, folks. Well, Mr. Twist, how does it feel to be the Flapjack champion of America? Well, I'm too full for words. <laughs> you can take that two ways. Uh, fine, are you? Uh... <laughs> are you uh, satisfied with your record? Oh, uh, sure. I could have beat it. What happened? Some smart aleck put glue in the maple syrup, and my tongue stuck to my upper plate. Did you have any bad effects after eating 36 flapjacks? Well, no. I, I just kept turning over all night in my sleep. New York City, New York. Madison Square Garden is jammed to the rafters. The 62nd International Six-Day Bicycle Race comes to a close. Winners this year are popular Belgian riders, Jean Ertz and Omer de Breiker. Town Hall News brings you the sensational finish of this classic event. The winner of the six-day race crosses the line. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. And now for the mighty Allen sacrifice. To prove that the college professor who said people can transmit their thoughts to each other was right, I lay what passes for my mind on the altar of science. I shall allow a young man who never took a lesson in his life to look me firmly between the eyes and read my mind. You ready, Mr. Von Zell? Ready, Mr. Allen. Now, concentrate, please. Let me see. It always takes a moment or two to clear away the dead timber. <laughs> oh, yes. Now I have it. You were thinking that if you had next week's show written, you could ship away for the weekend and relax. By dad, Von Zell, it's uncanny. 
I did have that truant thought. Your skill savers of decrementry. Oh, it was nothing, Fred. You could do it yourself. Well, not with everybody, Harry, but I think I could tell you what you're thinking about. All right, try it and see. Oh, I know you, Harry. You're thinking about a red and yellow striped tube. Ipana toothpaste is on your mind, isn't it? Right, Fred. And Ipana is on the mind of everyone who believes that a good toothpaste, like a good dentist, is never a luxury. And Ipana is constantly growing in popularity because of its extra benefits. It not only cleans and brightens your teeth, but when used with massage, gives your gums the toning and stimulation they need to help keep them firm and healthy and guard against gum trouble. Since our gums do not get that stimulation from creamy, well-cooked foods, we earnestly suggest this daily routine. Every time you brush your teeth with Ipana toothpaste, put a little extra Ipana on your brush or fingertip and massage your gums with it. You'll have lovelier teeth, too, and a far more attractive smile if you'll always remember Ipana. For the smile of beauty. Santa Troubadours have just played I've Got Rhythm. Now, on Friday night, there's going... Oh, God. Now, quiet here. Whoever is raising that hub and bub, one thing at a time, if you'll be so kindly. Hello. (laughs) Well, sir, they laughed when I started to stand up in the nightclub. I didn't know I was under a table. <laughs> if it isn't Portland. Yes, Papa sent me out to mail a letter to the patent office. What's the trouble? The patent expire and Papa's patent leather shoes? No, Papa's got a new invention. It's a lump of sugar that floats. Oh, I heard about that. It's for people who can't remember whether they put sugar in their coffee or not. <laughs> he lumps Bob up and reminds her. Yes. And Papa's got another invention. It's a rubber coat collar for blue serge suit. What is that? A blue serge suit with a rubber collar. Well, if Sandra falls on your coat collar, it bounces right back up in your hair. <laughs> Papa's full of ideas, among other things, all right. Yes, he invented oversized false teeth for the man who has no sense for humor. I get it. If the teeth are too big, the man can't close his mouth. Yes. Huh? 
The idea. He looks as though he's laughing at everything. Uh-huh. Has anyone tried out to see? I'll say. Papa made a set for himself and they got him into trouble. How? He was laughing when he paid his income tax. So they rushed him away for observation. <laughs> well, that's nice. Now, as soon as they get you, you can hold a family reunion. Oh, you'll find out. I will. Let's Don't bring no Coming, Peter. Coming, Tosa. Louis, Louis, please. The senior member of the claim is always sticking point. So who am I, a silent partner? Silence, sir. Silence. Lucky I was born two years sooner. At least for two years I could say something. Say something? Yeah. Yeah. Now, what do you mean? Wait a minute. If you don't take this portable argument off the premises, gentlemen, I'm apt to break your legs to match your English. <laughs> And the case will be handled by Lombard Fink, freelance attorney, who I happen to be. Look, look, I said, before I'm getting hit, he's taking the case already. You just wait a minute, fellas. Yes, if you guys will keep quiet for just two seconds, you can hear each other fall. Uh-huh. You think my partner is frightened? Go on, Louis, hit him. Hit me? Why, I'll pull his nose down so far. If he ever sneezes, he'll vacuum the cuffs on his pants. <laughs> Hit me! How dare you to hit me! Look, a timid boy. So you give him a smash, Louis. Feel his back, then do too. So who's retaining you already? Look, 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 look. His own brother. He wouldn't give a case. Then your Webster, I should be, maybe, huh? Anybody else but you, you should be. <laughs> if the law business is bad, why don't you sue each other, Mr. Fink? Yes, two bums. <laughs> bums, he said. You know who you're calling bums, brother? No, who are you? Tell him, Louis. Are your hands clean, buddy? Of course my hands are clean. Okay, here's our card. <laughs> you, are, you are reading it from right to left. Pink, O'Reilly, and Pink. Attorneys at law. Take back the card, Louis. Get us, Gunner. Is that the name of your firm? Things are rally and Pink? Limited. Trivial cases of specialty. Offer files at your convenience. What is O'Reilly doing in between you two things? Uh, uh, confidentially, O'Reilly, we are using strictly for bait. <laughs> you mean there's no O'Reilly in the firm? Of course not, and is he lucky? With two things, O'Reilly would stop to death. <laughs> Uh, you are calling that case maybe Russo versus the Holland Tunnel? Who did you represent, the Holland Tunnel? Things and things were attained by Russo. So-called appointed. What was the case about, Mr. Fink? Russo, and nobody, is living in Jersey. And then the Holland Tunnel is opening, a draft is going continually from New York to the tunnel. <laughs> Into the plaintiff's house. Exactly. For two years, Russo is suffering pneumonia, so he is retaining Fink Camping, and we are taking the case to court. Did you give the Holland Tunnel a summons, Mr. Fink? And how? First, we are slapping on a Sabina. Then we are slapping on a Mandamus. And at this point, I am requesting a habeas corpus, and the case is going to a higher court. What your firm needs is a baritone, boy. How did the case come out, 
Mr. Fay. Our client, Russo, still a nobody, is winning the suit. You mean they closed the Holland Tunnel? No. Russo is winning the suit. Needed underwear. It was Josie Justice. <laughs> Boy, that's some victory. The thinking thinks it's always a victory. Oh, it's getting monotonous. Yeah, I don't tell me you Blackstone buzzards win every case. You are hearing in legal circles regarding Peabody versus Bullworth? No, no, and I'm not interested. In red Godwork. <laughs> I am opening this case by sneezing. While the judge is saying his own part, I am appealing. <laughs> what did your client get? A lucky break. The judge was cross-eyed. The foreman of the jury got ten years. Strategy, strategy for living. Well, this is all very enlightening, boys, but I don't need a lawyer. That's, that's what you say. You got a case, Boris. It's worth a million dollars. Same to write, and we have three get fun down in night court. So we who? Jack Benny. <laughs> Jack Benny, wait a minute. Now, why should I sue Jack Benny? For libel, slander, defamation of character. Forgery, forgery, usury, injury, and lethargy. <laughs> Have you been listening to the radio, Mr. Fay? Yeah, definitely. The complaint is made out already. Listen, on January 3rd, he is calling you a lowbrow. January 10th, he is calling you a highbrow. January 17th, he is saying you're a mini. And without a letter, he is insisting you can't play the police. If we are taking the case, then it will positively settle out of court and not for chicken food. Why <laughs> have you got a case? I will open up with a wrist of this weapon. Then I come with a wrist of no crow. Before Benny can move, I am on top of him with a wrist of temper shooter. You're certainly putting on the wrist, Mr. Fink. <laughs> a low life like that should pay with continuity. You couldn't lose, brother. Now, but... the only thing is, you boys are a little mixed up there with the evidence. Those are the things I call Jack Benny. Sorry, you won't. Did you hear that one, Bob? I heard. You've made a mistake, Mr. Fink. It could happen to a dog. It has. <laughs> you mean... <laughs> you mean that you are calling this to Jack Benny? Yes, so what? So what is it? Has Benny got a case? This will cost you plenty, Chisler. Well, what are we waiting for, one, Bob? Let's go. Okay. Benny is stopping on the power. It's this way. <laughs> I'll see you later, Portland. Sally, hello. Now the, now the town hall quartet, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, the boys take up the question of farm relief vocally. Their song, The Farmer in the Dell. The farmer in the bell, the farmer in the bell, I want a very old, the farmer in the bell, the farmer in the bell, the farmer in the bell, I want a very old, the farmer in the Farmer in the 
a cold is at its very beginning. And modern physicians say that you can often throw off a cold more quickly if at its very start you do two fundamental things. Remove waste through laxation and combat the acidity that frequently accompanies a cold. And you can do both of those things at once by taking sal hepatica. So at the very first sign of your cold, do this. Make up your mind to get plenty of rest, to drink plenty of liquid, and to eat sensibly. But first, above all else, put two teaspoonfuls of sal hepatica in a glass of water and drink it. Don't take chances with the cold, ladies and gentlemen. Take sal hepatica for the smile of health. There's the theme song of the Mighty Allen Art Players, and they'll be with you immediately after your station announcement. to the theater's eternal question. Which came first, the egg or the actor? Tonight, tonight they present a nautical mystery called Murder on the High Sea or One Long Pan Help Boy Meet Girl. Over to you, Peter. All hands on deck! 
boom the fort foul. Fort foul the jib boom. What time is that, mate? I felt, sir. Have the men heave anchor. Aye, aye, sir. Come into my cabin, mate. All right, sir. What's the matter with your other eye? I got something in it, sir. <laughs> well, step into my cabin. Oh, sir. <laughs> well, we're anchored here at Quarantino. Check up. Everything's in order, sir. These passengers are finishing a six-month cruise. Is everybody satisfied? Only one complaint, Captain. Yes? A lady says she can't find any eggs in the clothes nest. <laughs> well, tell her. Tell her I'll have the ship laid, too. <laughs> He's given out the passports to the passengers, sir. Oh, God! Captain! Captain! I was about to it. Murder, sir. Murder? I, sir, a man shot in state room A. Who killed him, Stewart? I don't know. I was delivering the passport, sir, and I heard a shot. When I ran back to the room, the man was dead on the floor. Hey, state room's on this deck, mate. Let's go. Oh, sir. Will I come too, Captain? No, Stewart. Slip this little passport. All right, sir. This is state room A, Captain. Open that door, Ron. Oh, how long ago was your husband cut, madam? No, ten minutes ago, Captain. And you're just calling for help now? Yeah. When the shot was fired, I was eating lunch in the other room. Twice I finished eating, and now I'm hollering, listen, help, help. Quiet, quiet, please. Who shot your husband? That's a time to ask a Get a copper. What are you going to kill, Captain? There's only one man can solve this mystery, mate. J. Edgar Hoover, sir? No, one long can. Send the wire. All right, sir. All police boats stand by. Calling Detective One Long Pan. Murder on the SS Veronic. Calling Detective One Long Pan. Come on, blow up your water wings, Long Pan. Tie that outboard motor to your Mandarin coat. Proceed to SS Veronic. Man murdered. Calling Detective One Long Pan. Hold on! Splitting salutations. Hi, hello, Captain. Detective One Long Pan on job. With hey, nanny, nanny. Get your goat off. <laughs> <laughs> Stole that cab, long time. Exactly, long time stole cab. As you stole, stole shall you away. Stole away. <laughs> not bad, not good. Uh, maybe medium. Quick, stolen long time. There's been a murder aboard. Murder? You, uh, who are you, cop? Do I look like a cop? No, long time pot life. You're, you're dead from neck up. Why, you? You, you too. Who are you, white guy? I'm Captain Funnel, and this is my boat, the SS Moronic. Very good, the Captain Funnel, SS Platonic. Nobody platonic in trouble. <laughs> okay, for sound. Now, listen, are you going to solve this crime? Exactly. You, you, you tell Long Town what happened. Well, first we anchored at quarantine. Uh, anchor somebody. Then I gave the men some orders. What, uh, what order? Give boom the port foul. He's the anchor. The headroom's for Cowley Sanker. <laughs> and then eight bells rang. Eight bells, very bad. Aesop say, man finds self behind eight bells, maybe end up corner pocket. <laughs> oh, long time, silly Billy, must hold in, must hold in. Oh. oh, well, it's no use trying to explain anything to you. Come on, I'll show you the body. Happy suggestion. Pedro Mays right along this deck. Very good, very good. Maybe stop uh, State Loan B, take punch uh, Jackie Benny. <laughs> well, it's right in here. Captain. This is one long pan, lady. I'm asking you to get a copper for your bringing a laundryman. Please. 
Long time not London man, lady. Long time Chinese tea man. Tea, I can not tell her. Toto, I can not tell her.
All the time. Not in yet. Well, do something. Very good. Long pan, put all clams together. Make a big pool. Solve their wholesale. Well, where did that last shot come from? We try this loom here. Was that shot in here, lady? Yes, this is awful, Captain. Your husband? Yes. Husband, uh, short throat, handsome, lady. No, through his head, Fu Young. Fu Young, you too, lady. <laughs> Long Pan, ask him a question. Well, look, Long Pan, in his hands. Pass it, boy. Fuck him, don't be too much. Good. Return, just come, main and the mouth. Captain Funnel, what were those two shots, Stuart? The Siamese twins in the next room have been murdered, sir. Siamese twins or something in hand? Yes, their passports. A coincidence. No, 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 not coincidence. <laughs> Siamese twins die a puppet. Mystery solved. Well, it's a mystery solved, you dope. Where's the killer? Open mouth, shut eye, long tongue, give you a big surprise. No killer. What? You mean my husband here committed suicide? Exactly. Everybody kills self. Community suicide. Well, what caused it, Long Pan? Very simple, very simple. Kitty play, kitty play. Captain Funnel here will demonstrate. What are you going to do, Captain? Don't ask me, lady. Ask Long Pan. Stuart, uh, you you have uh, Captain uh, Passport? Yes, sir. It's right here. What's the Oriental idea? Quiet, uh, Barnacle William. Quiet. You look at your passport. Okay. You look at a uh, picture. Well, and catfish. Where's my gun? Don't shoot yourself, Captain. Oh, oh he's dead. Precisely. Experiment, great success. Captain joined great majority. You mean they all killed themselves because... In Dubai, in Dubai, in Dubai, Dubai, Dubai. Any man prefer death to look like passport picture. What's the moral, Long Pen? Aesop say, passport photo is only x-ray picture with skin on. Some snappy dog, Long Pen, like cracker, or you kid. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Now, so much for the mighty Alan R. players, and now for the mighty Alan Oddities. Strange but true facts brought to you through the all-seeing eye of Town Hall's musical candid camera. Franconia. In Franconia, men and women believe you should eat bread that's been carried over the roots of a tree if you want good teeth. But don't eat it during a thunderstorm or a funeral, or your teeth will never be firm and white. Ukrainia. A man or woman who is first to see the new moon will have a set of healthy teeth. And in order to make doubly sure, they look straight at the moon, take some earth from underneath their right heel, and rub their teeth and gums with it as a sort of magic centerpiece. The United States. Americans have no place for superstition in the care of teeth and gums. We place our faith in a good dentist and a good toothpaste. And while there's no magic in Ipana toothpaste, there is something almost magic in the way it helps our teeth and gums. For Ipana was made to help benefit both. Besides cleaning and polishing teeth to a brilliant, sparkling luster, Ipana, when used with massage, does this. It helps give our gums the toning and stimulation they need and fail to get from the soft, creamy, well-cooked foods we eat. And that stimulation helps guard against gum trouble. So every time you brush your teeth with Ipana, ladies and gentlemen, massage your gums with a little extra Ipana. This easy, common-sense daily routine goes a mighty long way toward helping you to firmer, healthier gums 
whiter, brighter teeth, and a far more attractive smile. So always remember IPANA for the smile of beauty. Van Seaton and the Ipana Troubadours are playing Slumming on Park Avenue. The vocal slumming is by the Town Hall Quartet. didn't pull any faux pas at the Waldorf, did he? Why, that Oak Day. You know, coming out, walking down the, one of the long halls there, he saw a lot of empty finger bowls stacked up on a table. You mean to say Jack didn't know what they were? He never saw a finger bowl before. He said, gosh, the next war is going to be terrible. They're making trench hats for children. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Imagine that guy driving up in front of the Waldorf in a trailer. <laughs> the doorman must have been plenty mortified. At the Waldorf? Yeah. The doorman at the Waldorf didn't even know what the trailer was. He thought one of the penthouses blew off the roof. Oh, say, uh, Fred, did you hear Jack say that you misinformed your radio audience? 400 people around the country? <laughs> he wouldn't know what it meant to cater to the 400. <laughs> oh, and another thing I thought was funny was when he grilled little Stuart Canaan. Another thing? Wait a minute. What was the first thing you thought was funny? <laughs> Never mind another thing you thought was funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, let's isolate that thing that was funny. What, uh... When Jack flew off the roof. Oh, uh, well, he's had plenty of practice flying off the handle. They can't, uh, He's been modeling for uh, hammocker slammers, you know, for hammers down there for a long time. He flies off the handle, and if the hammer can't do it, it's ready to sell. But you said about uh, little Stuart Canaan, the... Yeah, uh, he grilled the little fellow, you know. Oh, that little boy who played the bee. Mm-hmm. Why that big bully picking on a little fellow like Stuart? Benny's a bully, hey, Benny's a bully, Benny's a bully, Benny's a bully. Why doesn't he pick on somebody your size? He's the kind of a guy who gives Shirley Temple a hot foot. <laughs> Why, of all the cowards, the last time he got into an argument with the Dion Quintuplets, he invited them outside one by one. <laughs> Wait a minute, Fred. Jack's all right. Why, I think I'll go over and see him next Sunday. Why? Wait a minute, Fred. You're not going to break up his program, are you? I'll tell him a thing or two. No, I I won't tax him mentally. I'll just tell him a thing. That's all settled. It's all settled until Sunday. Now, I'm going to put my venom on to Perk, and I hope to have it ready by Sunday night at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And now for our guest program. I'm sorry to have kept you waiting, Mr. Rogers. You didn't mind, did you? Not at all. I'd like to present Mr. Marshall Rogers. Mr. Rogers has arrived here at the microphone with a table uh, containing some 25 or 30 ordinary drinking glasses, mugs, and tumblers. Oh, that's Peter, that, uh, that mug in the back. <laughs> these, are, uh, these are musical glasses, Mr. Rogers. Yes, sir. Oh, you can talk at any angle in the microphone. Yes, uh-huh. all right. Yes, they, they, they are musical glasses, aren't they? Yes, they are. Those are the first ones I've never seen without water in them. Can you get a tone from an empty glass like that? I believe I can, yes, sir. Uh, well, how do you do that? Would you mind explaining, or is it a secret, or... Well, all I do is place my fingertips into a little tray of water. Uh-huh. And I rub them on the rim of the glass. Oh, on the top of the glass, Yes, eh? and when I do that, it causes the glass to vibrate. When it glass vibrates, it brings out the tone, like this. That's very interesting, isn't it? How can you pick out the glasses pitched exactly right? Well, that took a struggle of 12 years. I had to find each one. Oh, I imagine that's... uh, Well, that's quite a search, isn't it? Going through life looking for... (laughs) Rose-colored glasses or whatever. (laughs) Do uh, Do you talk while you play, or do you just play the music by itself? I'd rather play the music by... by you you don't talk, eh? Huh? Well, I imagine a few cracks would be disastrous, in it? <laughs> Did you, uh, by any chance, uh, 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 hear Mr. Benny play the bee a couple of Sundays ago? <laughs> Well, shall I tell you what I did or not? <laughs> well, you can say it. Well, I didn't. You didn't, huh? <laughs> All right, I was just going to say, as a musician, if you had heard him play, you would agree with me when I say that if he was playing the bee from the music, he needs glasses, too. I think you <laughs> Mr. Rogers, thank you very much for your kind cooperation, and right. I'll just ask you what you're going to play. Well, I'll tell you 
special arrangement of some of these days. Some of these days, all right. It would be sort of contradictory to play uh, drink to me only with fine eyes with the glasses, wouldn't it? Well, all right, some of these days. Thank you. Gentlemen, we bring another sensational attraction to our microphone. Last year, we brought you the talking bird who wouldn't talk. This year, we called your attention to a violinist who couldn't play. <laughs> we presented the first carpenter to ever build a box over the air. And tonight, we bring you the greatest novelty to ever appear in radio, Professor Quigley. Professor Quigley is an escape artist, ladies and gentlemen. And tonight, he is going to permit himself to be nailed in a packing case, which we have here at the microphone. And you in the studio will see him, and you folks at home will hear him nailed up, and in full view of the audience, Professor Quigley will escape. You have been an escape artist a good many years, Professor. Yes, for 30 years, Mr. Allen. 30 years. Where have you done most of your escaping? Well, in vaudeville and smoke talks and... Uh... Psychopathic ward. Psychopathic ward, you, uh... No, no, I, uh, I was there only professionally. Oh, professionally. <laughs> I escaped from, uh, straight jackets and uh, other contractions. Oh, I see, and use in the psychopathic ward. And tonight, Professor Quigley, you are making your first escape over the radio. That's right. I am going to escape from this, uh, packing case here in exactly three minutes. Flat. Well, your condition doesn't matter, Professor. <laughs> Just as long as you're sure you can get out. That's the main thing. <laughs> Professor Quigley never fails. You, uh, you understand, of course, that the time for each guest act is limited, Professor. We have other acts waiting, and I just want it understood thoroughly that if you do not escape in three minutes, we'll have to go on with the show. <laughs> if I do not escape in three minutes, I'm giving $50 to charity. Cash? Mm-hmm. And I owe you. Well, I, I imagine charity will be patient. <laughs> and, uh, all right, now, I just wanted to have everything understood. Now, if you're not out in three minutes, we'll have to put on the next guest. Professor Quigley never fails. Huh. Now, if you can go right ahead, if you will. Remember, I demand three full minutes. Three full minutes, yes, Professor. Uncle Jim is going to nail you up in the box there. Harry Bonzel will hold the watch. 
and you will get the full three minutes, 180 seconds, no more, no less. Professor Quigley is being hailed in, folks. You have the watch, Harry. Yes, uh, it's, uh, ten seconds have gone by already. Sir. All right, everything nailed up good and tight, Uncle Jim. Everything okay, Fred. All right, thank you. Let's go, Professor Quigley. The professor is nailed in a stocking, uh, in a solid... <laughs> A stocking, hey, that has yet to be discovered. The professor is nailed in a solid packing case, ladies and gentlemen, loaned to us by the Bristol Myers Company, makers of Ipana and Sal Hepatica. There is a heavy clasp and padlock on one side of the box, and the top has been nailed down secure. Any noise now? How is the time, Harry? Uh, 45 seconds exactly, Fred. All right, now I'm going to move the microphone down, ladies and gentlemen, and try to get Professor Quigley to say a few words to you from inside the box. Would you uh, wrap on the box for me, Harry, if you will, please? Professor Quigley? Yes? I'm busy. <laughs> I know you're busy, Professor, but will you just say a few words to the radio audience? Okay. Hello, folks. It's very dark in here. <laughs> One minute. One minute, Professor. Okay. <laughs> what was that, Professor? I'll be right out, Ma. <laughs> Thank you, Professor. You have been listening to Professor Quigley, ladies and gentlemen, speaking to you from inside a, a packing case here at Radio City, where he is busy escaping, we hope. <laughs> if the professor's mother is listening in, the professor says he'll be right home. The professor has about a minute and 30 more seconds to go, but he's working in there quietly, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Fred, do you think you'll make it? Gosh, he's working like a beaver. I heard gnawing in there just a minute ago. Say, <laughs> if the professor isn't worried whether he'll make it or not, I'm certainly not. Any signs of the professor coming out on your side, Uncle Jim? No, Fred. Something flew out of a nut hole. It uh, wasn't the professor. It looked like a moth from here. Well, the professor probably took off his coat, woke the moth up. You know those things will happen. Two minutes. One minute to go, ladies and gentlemen. Two minutes he's taken up, one minute to go. I'll make sure Professor Quigley's all right in there. One minute, Professor. Okay. How are you doing? I'm out. I dropped my glasses. <laughs> now, wait a minute. We can't take time out, Professor. I you, can't see you, what I'm you doing. You just got three minutes. What? I can't see what I'm doing. Can't you escape from memory? <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes and 30 seconds. Time out! Time out! Hey, what's the matter, Fred? Professor Quigley stopped his glasses. He wants time out. Well, what are you going to do? Nothing. If he isn't out in three minutes, we'll have to open the box. That's all. Don't open that box! I'll get a lawyer. <laughs> get a lawyer. You're supposed to be out in three minutes flat. Get ready with your chisel, Uncle Jim. Okay. Three minutes. Open three that minutes box. Open that box, Uncle Jim. <laughs> Don't take any back talk from him. Well, the professor's going to be pretty mad. Well, you have to be mad, Harry. You heard him say he... You heard him say... <laughs> you heard him say he'd be out in three minutes. The three minutes are up. And where... Well, here he is. <laughs> Now, just a minute, Professor. I 
I drop my glasses and I call for time out. You can't do this to me. Now, listen, we have other acts, Professor. I told you that before you went in the bar. I can't help it. I dropped my glasses. I couldn't see what I was doing. I know. Were you getting out of the box at all? I had one leg out when you yes. called to me. Well, I'm sorry, Professor. We can't give you any more time tonight. Well, I did not have three minutes. Well, there's only one thing we can do, Professor. If you want to come back next Wednesday and try it again, we can arrange probably to give you more time. How is that? You mean right here next Wednesday? Yes, Professor. I'm sorry if things got mixed up tonight, but we'll be glad to have you escape next Wednesday. Well, that'll be all right, but I'll demand fair play. Expensive, glorious Monday. No, Wednesday, Wednesday. <laughs> now, ladies and gentlemen, may I present the Cecil Max Mixed Choir. Fourteen uh, male and female voices singing the well-known spiritual All God's Children Got Shoes. sprinkles the preview of next week's show all over, I would just like to say this. Your increasing friendliness towards our two products is making more and more of these Wednesdays together possible. We are all grateful for such substantial appreciation, and we do hope you will continue to remember... I pan a toothpaste for the smile of beauty. Sal Hepatica for the smile of health. I pan a... Sal Hepatica. Thank you, Harry. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, next Wednesday evening, Town Hall tonight brings you comedy. <laughs> Drama. My answer's final, Sir Gregory. You cannot have my hand. Very well, I shall play the cards I've got. Stock market report. Old American bobsled for a long pull. And music. <laughs> Network of the National Broadcasting Company.